Welcome to Roeville Uniting Church and the reflection of the day from the Reverend Trevor Bassett. Ask anyone who went to the village devotions on Wednesday, there is plenty of sermons that could be preached on these readings, so you're not going to hear the same again. Relax. I wonder whether you can remember when we had the VFL. We all can, can't we? You know, uh, do, do you recall when they made it the AFL? Was, were any of you a bit annoyed about that? <laughs> I thought, they're wrecking our game. And, and you know what? This is the word I hated, interstate teams. <laughs> Anyone else with me? Then, uh, some of you are saying, oh, I can really give a toss about football. Okay, I get that. Um, but then I hated them even more because they started winning grand finals. It got really bad for me, I've got to tell you. It got really bad. But, you know, now I look at our national competition, the AFL, and I think, what a great thing it is. And, and how good is our game that it's played right across the country and, and if, instead of hating the interstate teams, I just think it's a really good rivalry and I still don't like getting beaten by them. But... Collingwood, of course, never does. <coughs> you know, sometimes when new things come, we can get pretty annoyed. And I, I know that because there's, there's a big new thing they're talking about at the Synod meeting yesterday, and some people are really annoyed. Anyway, if it involves change and we don't really see the need for it, or if we don't like the direction of the change, we can get pretty hot under the collar. How many times have I said, if it's not broke, why are we trying to fix it? I bet you I'm not the only one who said that. Sometimes, though, sometimes the change is really life-giving, beyond our expectations. And sometimes the change is just something that so becomes a part of our life that we just think, why didn't we do that ages ago and what was all the fuss anyway? So imagine the woman, the widow, in Elijah's story. Things, things are really desperate. It's a famine and people are dying. And, and it's not just desperate for her. As, as I said, it's desperate for everyone. There is this drought and famine and people are all looking at each other thinking, who will be the next one to die? She could have looked at Elijah and thought, what a con this guy is. And just said, get lost. Get, get out of my sight. You're infecting my eyeballs, you know. She could have said, mate, I really want to help, but we haven't got enough for ourselves, which was patently true. But instead, instead she sort of listens to this little voice that is inside her. And we talked about that little voice inside a few weeks ago in, in our family service. And, you know, that little voice that sometimes we should listen to because it just could be the voice of God. And she listens to that voice and, and she recognises that some, somehow or other, despite the ridiculous request that Elijah has made, 
uh, and it's, there's no logical thing about it, uh, she will agree and she will give him food. Because she embraces this change, this ridiculous request, she gains life not only for herself, but for her son and for her entire household. Who would have thought? I can't help but wonder, even though she agrees with Elijah's request, did she do it happily? <laughs> or was she muttering under her breath, I can't believe I'm doing this, must be off my rocker as she went off and, you know, whatever. However she did it, she did it. So I'm kind of building towards wanting to say something about a new thing in case you haven't worked that out yet. And it's the new thing that's in the rucksack. And it relates to working with children's checks. And I want to share with you two stories. And these are true stories and they're stories out of my experience. They're not stories that I've read about that I think might make a point. These are things that have happened when I, I can't believe I wrote this, when I was in my late teens, and I've put about 30 years ago, but I'm talking about 1978 now. I, <laughs> I reread it this morning and I thought, oh, who are you deluding? <laughs> so maybe we're getting closer to 40 years ago. Uh, I, I was the leader of a boys' club, and there was probably four or five of us who were leaders of this boy club, boys' club, and it was at Montrose Uniting Church. It was a really successful kind of club. We had heaps of boys came to it, and, and it was a, a really terrific thing. And I was really proud that, you know, here I was, an older teen doing something like this. So about 22 years ago, I was at a social function at the Montrose Church. And this woman, who I didn't really recognise, came to speak to me. And she was the mother of one of the boys who had been in the boys' club. And I remembered the boy. I didn't remember her, but I remembered the boy. So she must have just been dropping him off for the program. And she said to me that she needed to tell me that in about 1978, one of the leaders of our boys' club had sexually abused her son in that program. How do you reckon I was feeling as she shared that story with me? Oh, I could not believe it. A child who was in part under my protection coming to a program that I thought was a safe place, one of the leaders had sexually abused him, a person who I knew really well because she named the person to me. I was really all for taking some fairly serious action but she wasn't and he wasn't and I don't know with the Royal Commission whether they might have come forward. If so, I haven't heard. I kind of hope they have. Second story I began my placement at Lakes Entrance. We were in a cluster of congregations and I was with, uh, included, which included Bansdale, and I was at a sort of a meet the new minister function at Bansdale. And there was a whole bunch of us gathered in the narthex of the church, a whole bunch of teenagers, 
and a couple of parents. And I was talking to this dad, and uh, we'd been talking for a little while, and I thought, I oh, know, I've talked to him for a bit. I probably should wander around and meet some of the other people who had come to this meet the new minister thing. And so I left him sitting with the children and went off, uh, went off to other people in the supper room. Well, there was food there after all. A bunch of the Beansdale people looked at me and said, you didn't leave him out there on your own, on his own with the kids. Well, I was just supposed to magically know that he'd just been released from jail, that he was a pedophile, and that three of the children in the room were his own children and were his victims. I was just supposed to know that because I just thought, actually, we were in a safe place and why would that even have crossed my mind? Would it have crossed yours? Absolutely not. So it seems that providing a safe place for children and other vulnerable people is not always as simple or as straightforward as it seems. The Royal Commission into Institutional Abuse of Children has reported that 60% of the institutions where sexual abuse has occurred are faith-based institutions. It also reports, though, and I, I suppose I take some heart, but that that, 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 that that peak of that abuse occurred in the 1960s and 1970s. That's not to say that in the, the what do we call the, the decade that we're in now? I don't know. It's not to say that in the 21st century that we can relax and say that was back then, this is now. So in response to the changes in the law and ongoing findings of the Royal Commission, the Uniting Church has adopted a policy and it's requiring many more people involved in our church life to have a working with children's check. The list, include, uh, the list is included, and it's in, in, in the rucksack today. It tells, tells you who is required now to have them. Not many of us, in fact, who are here today are not required to have one. So why has the church gone in this direction? Well, the Department of Justice has determined that when a church has someone on the, a roster, there can be an assumption from the wider community that that person that the church has placed on a roster is a person in good standing. And you know what? I think it's a good assumption that people should make. <laughs> and, and they have every reason to make that. Yet, yet we also know that people disposed to commit these kinds of crimes can ingratiate, ingratiate themselves into organisations like churches, the scouting movement, into sporting clubs, and they can groom, is the word, their victims. And they're not only grooming their victims, but they're grooming other people and mostly when we find out about these things later, we think, oh, really, that person, they seem like such a terrific person. And we can't believe what we hear. So the history being unearthed in the Royal Commission suggests that we need to take some extra actions to reduce risk in order to ensure that, in fact, the church is 
a safe place for all people. So the church is now requiring that all people on rosters obtain a working with children's check. You know, the, the, the really simple thing would be for as many of us as possible to just say, hey, I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just going to go and get one. It, it's free. You just do it online. And if you're having trouble doing it online, we can help. And, and it kind of just, I don't know, may, it, it just ensures something that, uh, that we don't have to worry about anymore. So we ask you to consider this today. It is a new thing. And some of you will be saying, oh, blink and nanny state again. And we might even be feeling a little bit annoyed that I'm addressing this issue, and I'm sorry if that's the case. But I, I think it could be just become a change that becomes just a normal thing, and it's no big deal at all. So I just want to note that this isn't the Uniting Church being the Uniting Church and sort of maybe overreaching. I, I want to just, just share that this is the Uniting Church responding to new state government laws. It is in no way, I want to stress, no way related in this congregation to the fact that all of a sudden we have more families coming along and we have more children in our midst. And it, it, there is, I, I just want to, one of, one of our families said, oh, please don't let anyone have the impression that, that some of the families have expressed concern. That is not the case at all. This is just coincidental that the two perhaps are coinciding in this way. I have a copy of the policies that the church has adopted. If anyone is interested in having a look at it, uh, you would be most welcome. It, this isn't just the Uniting Church. I, we had the minister's breakfast this week and all, all of the churches in our area are going down this path, uh, certainly all of the mainline churches and um, some have gone further. They also require their people to have police checks as well as working with children checks. So uh, it just depends on the denomination and how they've responded. So this is a change that we find ourselves living in in the 21st century. But, you know, as a church, as I'm reminded of the story of the widow with her, her just a little bit of, of meal and a bit of oil left to make some bread, that the, the change was made and life came. And I just think whilst, whilst this won't necessarily create life, it, it, it makes a safe place, it ensures a safe place. And I, I just think God blesses the church as a safe place and we need to do our part to make it that. So I ask you to take, take seriously the request, well, the requirement that has been placed upon us and may we just see it as normal. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Reflection of the Day from the Reverend Trevor Bassett at Roval Uniting Church. Roval is a suburb of Melbourne in Victoria, Australia. We look forward to welcoming you back to another Reflection of the Day soon. You are always welcome at our weekly worship services held at 10am each Sunday.